Thank you for listening to the Learning Without Limits podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Jackson, and I'm joined today by our special guest, Dr. Amanda Kennel from Troy University. She's an assistant um, professor of physics there. Um, and today we're talking about nurturing STEM interest in students with learning differences. Um, and our goal of today's conversation is to empower students with learning differences everywhere um, that given the right tools for success, you can pursue a career um, of any of your choice. Um, and today, STEM is our focus area. Um, and so thank you so much, um, Amanda, for joining me today. Oh, thank you for having me. Awesome. So we're just going to dive right in. Um, Before we get to our topic, I want to learn more um, and our listeners want to learn more about how you personally got into the field um, of physics and STEM and research. Okay. Um, I guess I always had a little bit of a curious mind as a child um, and I really enjoyed taking things apart. Mm -hmm. Um, And then eventually I started trying to put them back together. Um, So you were a Legos fan. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Um, Obviously not understanding what I was doing. I took a physics course in high school that slightly Mm -hmm. started explaining some of the things and then um, I just kind of fell in love with the subject and um, went for physics. So, Fantastic. And now I put stuff back together rather than destroying it. So, <laughs> Wonderful. Well, thank you for sharing that. <laughs> um, so can you get to us, give us a little bit more of an um, overview of the areas that you focus in? I know STEM is a very broad topic, mm-hmm. um, and there's a lot that you can do with it. So it stands for science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. So can you give us a little bit of an intro for those that might not be as um, familiar with the field, how all of those... Um, collide and work together. Um, so I actually start the first letter of STEM, um, which is S in sciences. So that's where you have like physics and chemistry and biology. So how we interact with the world and the world interacts with us, how the world actually came to be um, and started off. And then that kind of goes into um, interacting with the world, goes into the second letter of STEM for technology, um, how we use different things in our lives, um, everyday lives, such as computers, we drive cars um, around, and then how are those technologies actually uh, built? Um, so going into the third letter of STEM, which is engineering um, and designing all of those uh, different types of machines and pieces of equipment. And then uh, mathematics um, is the last STEM letter, but it's very important. Important, uh, because math is the language that we speak. Um, every scientist uses math in what they do um, throughout the day, and so that's how we're able to understand what another person is doing is by looking at their mathematics. Right. So. Fantastic. Well, here at Spring Valley, we um, we find that a lot of our students excel um, in one or more of those areas where they get to exercise their creative um, freedom. And a lot of entrepreneurs um, are dyslexic or have um, identified with another or more, more than one learning difference, um, such as dyslexia or math disability or difference, as we like to call them, because it's just a different way of learning mathematics, mm-hmm. but still um, same. Um, ability to achieve and exceed and excel. Um, And so um, all of that considered, what has brought you into a place of having that passion or that interest for um, giving our students and students with learning differences everywhere um, the empowerment to pursue a career field in, in STEM? 
Um, so one of the things you mentioned, um, uh, passion, um, being creative and passionate. Um, I very strongly wanted to go into STEM. Um, uh, it's a little bit odd to think of now that I uh, have my PhD, mm -hmm. but when I first started out in high school, I really struggled to learn um, a lot to the point that when I started into college, um, my parents came talking to me out of concern, do you actually want to go into this type of a field? It can seem daunting, yes. right? Especially to someone who doesn't maybe have that innate interest in it yes. or has <laughs> never come anywhere near, like mm -hmm. myself. <laughs> so kudos to you. So you, you had an early on confidence that this was... A field you wanted to pursue. It, I did. Um, and then uh, my sister was probably the main instigator of, do you actually mm -hmm. want something? Because it doesn't matter what's in the path blocking you. Um, if you want it badly enough, you'll be able to go for it and get it. Right. So Absolutely. That's, that's what I did. Those are um, empowering words. We all need to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. So um, transitioning into the flip side of, of that same coin, so the challenges that some of our students um, who learn differently, what some challenges they may face along the way, um, and if there's any that maybe any um, obstacles that you've come across that mm -hmm. maybe made you feel discouraged in your pursuit of your chosen field or any instance where you just um, felt the need to pivot um, and approach it differently, would you mind mm -hmm. sharing? Um, absolutely. Uh, so when I first started in college, I just go ahead and share, I actually was mm -hmm. failing all of my classes. And I had one person stop me and she said, um, I think you can do this. We mm -hmm. just need you to learn differently. You don't um, necessarily learn like everyone else does. And so she taught me how to learn the way that I could learn. And so I stopped doing what everyone else did and I learned my own way and I was able to start exceeding in my classes. Fantastic. Sometimes so. it just takes that mm -hmm. one mentor or yes. positive input from a friendly voice yes. <laughs> and the tools that you didn't know that you had access to mm -hmm. even. So um, what are maybe some examples of what those tools were that kind of um, were the most helpful to you? Uh, so I'm actually a very visual learner. Um, mm -hmm. So writing something down um, and then trying to like practice with it. So I guess going into uh, math a little bit, like just trying to redo problems and other problems. Mm -hmm. um, hearing things different ways I've also learned has helped. So one person says uh, something this way, someone else says it a little bit differently and you may understand either one of them better um, helped me. Absolutely. You're tuned in to Learning Without Limits, your go-to podcast and academic resource brought to you by Spring Valley School. Located in Birmingham, Alabama, Spring Valley School services students with diverse learning differences. At Spring Valley School, we embrace uniqueness. Our dedicated educators are passionate about unlocking the potential within each student, catering to specific needs like dyslexia, dysgraphia, dyscalculia, and more. We believe in a personalized approach that goes beyond traditional methods, fostering an environment where every learner thrives. Thank you for joining us as we dive into insightful discussions with experts, parents, and educators, sharing valuable insights into the world of specialized education. Whether you're a parent seeking guidance or an educator looking for innovative strategies, our podcast is your compass in navigating the realm of learning differences. While you're here, connect with us on this journey. Subscribe to Learning Without Limits and be a part of a community that celebrates diversity, fosters growth, and believes in education without boundaries.
Um, so also here at Spring Valley, we like to give um, our students as much access as possible to online resources. So you mentioned you're a visual learner. Mm -hmm. um, so are there any digital resources out there or or not digital um, that you'd recommend that would be um, of good aid to um, students with learning differences, maybe in the realm of mathematics that would aid them visually? Mm -hmm. um, one of the ones that I use is Khan Academy. Um, it's basically hearing another person try to explain how things work. It's um, also really good, the fact that it draws different types of um, images and then shows you how the math or the physics actually works with it. Um, Ooh, that's neat. So something uh, else that I enjoy doing is I like to play uh, YouTube videos that do science demonstrations. Um, and that's a source that everyone has access yes, to. Yes. So listeners um, out there, tune into YouTube. It's a, it's a world full of resources. So. Yes. Awesome. So, Good reminder. And then um, if it because and if your students are interested, I would say to ask your teacher mm -hmm. if they'll do the demonstration in class. So my students have done that to me before and I'll do right. the demos in class for them. So yeah, then it's demonstration and mm -hmm. then repetition. Yes. Yeah. From, repetition. From too. So perfect. Um, so moving on to the benefits of STEM exposure for, for our students, and that's regardless of their current career aspirations. So would you say this is a good time in their um, maybe sixth grade to, to 12th grade um, time frame where they're getting curious about, you know, their own strengths and employing mm -hmm. their own strengths, um, maybe looking at higher ed programs, whatever's next for them or going into a career upon graduating high school. Um, in this pivotal season, um, what are the benefits of getting exposure to this particular field of STEM? Um, so STEM is really great in that it teaches problem-solving skills. Mm -hmm. um, we have problems every single day of our lives. Um, and the great thing about STEM is you don't have to solve everything the same way. You get to use your own creativity, your own um, designing and ingenuity that you want to, and you can come up with a unique solution on your own. Um, and employers will really look for that, um, that type of a skill inside of um, someone that's looking for a job because they want to know mm -hmm. if there's a problem that's come down the line. Are you going to be able to handle the problem? Um, so it, critical thinking and problem solving skills from STEM are like really valuable for employers. Absolutely. So going right back to how we were talking about leveraging unique strengths. Mm -hmm. um, and you mentioned your, um, your personal experience early on um, with um, you know, struggling to learn and, and coming to, to find that. Um, but then maybe getting to a point where you felt empowered to, to tap into what came naturally that were, those were your interests of critical mm -hmm. thinking skills. And yeah. that's such a great point. I'm so glad you mentioned, um, the point about, um, highest sought after skills in the workplace. Um, because it's so true. Employers are looking for out of the box thinkers, um, yeah. that creative aspect, but also the ability to problem solve because that doesn't come easy for everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, um, that's something that our unique learners here at Spring Valley and elsewhere, um, really, they really thrive in that, in that arena. Um, so that's so encouraging that there's again, that creative freedom, um, to tap into their interests there. So thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, if you wouldn't mind, would you um, maybe talk a little bit about the teaching strategies that have proven maybe the most effective um, for reaching students with learning differences in the field of STEM? 
Um, that's a that's a really great question. Um, one of the things I love about STEM is there's so many different ways to learn the information. Mm -hmm. um, like you mentioned earlier, uh, different people learn in different ways and excel in different things. Um, in STEM, probably the most common way of teaching is just lecturing. Mm -hmm. um, I find though when I give my students like worksheets to do or practice problems where they can actually interact with the information um, or even doing a demonstration in class. So something where they think might actually be contradictory what would happen inside of physics, um, they can mm -hmm. actually see it happening in real life and then um, it helps them right. grasp the concepts a little bit better. Absolutely, multi-sensory yes. learning. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, and then probably some of the other things I tell students is don't just don't just take my word for it. Go out and research it and work it and, and learn it on your own um, and try to get it on your own as well because that can help make it more tangible in your own way. Great point. So. And then on the flip side of that, educators. So how can our educators feel um, the most supported in reaching their students in that way? That, that is a really good question and probably one that like as me as a teacher, I want mm -hmm. to like know like how am I best able to help my students. Right. Um, and everyone's different. Everyone is different. Um, so normally when you teach, you try to teach to like an average. But what mm -hmm. I always do is I always try to take an assessment. Each of my students is unique and I need to watch each of them in the classroom as they're learning the different material. And I may need to change my teaching style right. because my students need to learn it in a different way. Right. Um, and then I also tell my students, come find me um, during office hours or something and mm. then I will help you individually how you exactly need to get the help the best. Yes. Um, yes. So for an educator, I would say like watch your students. They may not speak up if they're struggling because that can be really hard. Mm -hmm. um, so look for those cues, yes, maybe. Um, yes. Which are there any that stand out, like off the top of your head? What you would say? Oh, that's a yellow or red flag of I might need to approach this student individually mm -hmm. um, to see if if that can be a further support. That that can be really hard to determine for each student. Yep. Um, normally what I notice is if someone is very quiet in a classroom, mm -hmm. that might be the case. It might not be. Um, and then normally after like a first quiz or a test, I look at um, grades and scores and then I try to give individual feedback for that. Right. So if that student didn't perform well, I know, well, maybe they need to learn a little bit differently. And so I try something different in class and see if they respond to it better in the next assignments. Um, they have better grades yeah. on it. And you also made a great point about being available to your students. And that's the most positive. Well, one of the most positive pieces of feedback we receive is um, our teachers are available to meet with our students outside of class. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and that may sound like something that's like a given, but it's really not. It's not, yeah, no. It's so hard. I'm sure you can attest to as a teacher, you know, with a full day um, mm -hmm. and, and giving your time to a student is so valuable, um, especially when it's one-on-one, -on -one. Um, mm -hmm. just keeping that two-way communication to where, you know, they feel on track and they feel heard and supported. Um, mm -hmm. and then they thrive. Yeah. So, <laughs> and is, you're a part of that. Yeah. It's um, very important. If your teacher believes in you, it helps you think that you can do it. It's a game too. changer. Yes. And you probably see a whole 180 in, yes, in you, class yes. after that moment is reached. Mm -hmm. Um, well, I want to, you know, kind of pivot back to you personally okay. in terms of your involvement in the field of STEM and research and what you are most passionate about currently in terms of projects that you are completing or um, aspiring to, what, what's next for you? <laughs> 
Um, well, right now in research, I'm actually um, working on constructing a machine. Um, I recently took a position at Troy University, and so I'm uh, doing what's called starting up my lab. So I have to make sure I have machines there before I can start doing my research. I mean, that's something everybody um, can say, right? Yes. That they're they're building a machine from scratch. Wow. <laughs> Right after brushing your teeth and <laughs> making breakfast, yes. you just work on the machine. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, going going back to that engineering of STEM. So, <laughs> um, so I mainly I'm an experimental physicist. Um, mm -hmm. So I like to get in the hands and get my la my hands wet, um, working on stuff. Um, and right now I work with material science. Um, I mainly target mm -hmm. biomaterials, so I'm trying to develop yeah. different types of materials um, that a patient might need for a surgery wow. um, or something that would help heal a patient faster. And um, that way, um, that's where my where most of my effort for my research is going. Um, that's it's very phenomenal. close to my heart. So That's amazing. So a lot of your passion right now in terms of where you focus um, in your field is health-driven? Yes, it is. That's awesome. And such a such a big need always for mm -hmm. further research. So that's yeah. wonderful. Um, and if you wouldn't mind sharing more and, mm -hmm. you know, share whatever you're comfortable in terms of kind of your findings and how that project has developed to date. Okay. Um, so originally, um, when I started out, I was trying to make um, essentially a material that a burn patient could use. Mm -hmm. So if you have like a three degree burn, um, some of those patients get very ill and it takes a long time to heal. So I was trying to create a patch that if you put over it, it would help them um, heal faster. It would close mm -hmm. off like infection and whatnot. And then it would mm -hmm. have um, kind of like an ointment or a salve that you would put on a Band-Aid. It would have good stuff in it to help them heal faster. Right. Um, that changed a little bit, and I kind of switched towards uh, making a blood vessel, actually. Um, heart attacks are one of the leading causes of deaths in America mm -hmm. um, and even worldwide. And so um, a doctor, if a patient's having a heart attack mm -hmm. or they have a blocked artery, um, you normally have to cut that out, mm -hmm. and then you have to replace that blood vessel somehow. Right. So there's a lot of people working towards making some type of a synthetic blood vessel so that a patient um, can have it easily available to them. Yes. Um, and you recently spoke with our students about how yes. how that's done. Mm -hmm. And word has it that it comes from cotton candy. What's the correlation <laughs> between cotton candy and blood vessels? Please share. <laughs> Um, so the technique that I use to make the material with is called electrospinning, and it literally makes like a ball of fluffy cotton or fiber. Um, and the machine can actually be used to electrospin chocolate with. Um, so you so it, it looks like cotton candy, and, and it's edible. It is edible. So and you recommend eating it. Um, you're not supposed to eat in a research environment, but you can if it's sterile. So a <laughs> little, little bit of a gray line there. I can tell. Yes, a little bit. <laughs> That's amazing. I would have never thought. But now yeah. we have our audience's attention, right? Yes. <laughs> cotton candy. Everyone wants chocolate cotton candy. Yes, exactly. It goes a long way. It has it has multitudes of potential. Yes. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay. So that is that's making great headway. That's um, phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Yes. You're changing uh, lives. Seriously. I'm I'm hoping to one That's day. That's amazing. So, yeah. Um, is there anything else on the horizon for you um in terms of what you're aspiring to with your next project? I'm sure this I'm sure each one mm -hmm. takes time. Like this one, how, when did you start on 
This one I started about seven years ago. Wow. Um, seven years. Yes. So okay. it's, it's been a while um, in the making. I've had a lot of people help me with it as well, um, which is really good mm -hmm. for, I think, students as well. Just different interactions and building collaborations right. and making friends. It, it really helps in your careers um, as well to do that. Um, Absolutely. Probably next on the horizon, um, maybe going towards doing uh, filtration materials. Mm, um, I did okay. a little bit of that um, a couple years ago, so trying to help filter out different types of pollutants in the air, different types of pollutants in a water system. Mm -hmm. um, and probably one of the main problems for that nowadays is doing it so it's uh, not very expensive, because there are really good methods to do it, um, but just to try to lower the cost of um, the material that's used to do it. Absolutely. So a lot of I don't want to say trial and error, but pivoting here oh, no, and there. Oh, no, it is a lot of trial and okay, error. Okay, well, you said it. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, but yes, I mean, that's the learning process, mm -hmm. too. Um, and something we find with our students is resilience in the learning process. That's awesome. And that is key yes. it sounds like with this field of work that is that is like one of the most important things yes um, and because it all taps back into um the creative piece and innovation mm -hmm. i think yes. that's a key word too um i mean that's what it is so that's that is um implying trial and error mm -hmm. um and a lot of pivoting here and there um because you're not i mean you're making it up as you as you go mm -hmm. with the knowledge that you have and you're creating yeah. something from scratch that's never been done before Mm -hmm. is what it sounds that is like right. yes so it sounds like a daunting task but kudos <laughs> for but taking it on so take it on in uh pieces pieces yes and that way it doesn't seem as daunting exactly like each step like even when you make a small accomplishment it's a huge accomplishment because you know Absolutely. you've you fixed the problem and so. having that patience for yes. a drawn out seven-year project and and counting yes but knowing that the outcome is going to be game-changing mm -hmm. truly so and you're getting closer yeah. and closer yes every step of the way yeah so and then for for your all's as students like I even this is skills that I developed in high school I still use those nowadays so you're still going to keep using them and growing and learning and going and doing more right so. and maybe one um endeavor opens up doors to the next one it is very true as new I findings like said that yeah arise. so so, and you can tap into your own personal experience with this question, but if there's a student out there um, who's listening and they are um, interested in taking the next step to pursuing um, a field or a career field of STEM, um, what would be your recommendation for their next next steps? Okay. Um, so there's, there's a couple different things uh, that a student could do. Um, one of the ones that I found out about um, going into college was something called a science Olympiad. Um, it literally works like a regular Olympiad, except for you're competing in science instead of sports. Uh, so these kids will get to uh, build different devices. Um, one of the events that I ran, we built time machines. Um, How fun. And so we would give an increment of time and a student based on their device would have to measure it. And so some people would bring in these several feet long pendulums. Um, it was wow. crazy. Seven to see feet the, long. Yes. It was crazy. I wish we had pictures seven. we could like pop up. Oh, that <laughs> would be that's, awesome. Um, that's amazing to, to think about. They probably some online. Um, but yeah. And then some people I watched them, they would literally bring a water bottle in and they would tip it over. Mm -hmm. And based on how fast or slow the water dripped out of the water bottle, 
You can okay. count how much time has passed by that. So you could go really big and crazy yeah, or really or small. Makeshift and, at home. Yeah. And yeah. start small and go from there. That's right. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, and both either one of them would work to tell you what time it is. So that's where a student gets to like start doing some of their like creativity mm -hmm. and experience. So in a great project idea for an educator out there who wants yes. to introduce <laughs> these concepts um, oh, yeah, in their classroom yeah. for, for all of their learners. Mm -hmm. So fantastic. Um, so I think probably one more so for the mm -hmm. uh, medical field that I can think of is uh, you can actually shadow doctors. Um, so they will let you uh, go around with them as they do their routines in a hospital or something. Um, and they'll show you kind of what a day in the life of a doctor mm, is. That's so helpful because yes. there's only so much we can imagine from that experience. That is true, <laughs> yes. Um, and then that way you can say, well, is this what I want to do every day of my life or right. like what I like to try to do something different and get a little taste or a sample of and that, it. And that's helpful for any career yes. out there because yes. you really don't know until you intern or shadow. Mm -hmm. um, and like you said, get a great sense and visual of a day in the life. Yeah. And it may look yeah. a little bit different for everybody, you know, depending on where you land. But mm -hmm. um, that's a great, great point. So take a hold of any opportunities for further exposure, um, maybe under the supervision of a mentor, whether that's ongoing or just for a day to kind of, mm -hmm. for a simple introduction. Spring Valley School specializes in teaching students with learning differences, such as dyslexia, dysgraphia, and dyscalculia. Our success in this mission is largely dependent on the commitment and expertise of our educators. Educators, like Ms. Joanna McLeod, who has been a special education teacher for more than 30 years. As a National Board Certified Teacher and Structured Literacy Dyslexia Interventionist, Joanna has utilized her decades of experience to found Determined Educators, LLC, working with countless educators, parents, and children to develop evidence-based strategies that improve literacy skills for students with learning differences. Joanna has recently published a book titled High Frequency Words Progress Monitoring Binder as a tool to target students' high frequency words and monitor their progress. Don't miss out on this incredible resource. Grab your copy on Amazon or visit DeterminedEducators.com. For continuous support and knowledge, stay connected with the Learning Without Limits podcast. Subscribe now to stay updated on new episodes and enrich your understanding of specialized education. Um, so I was wondering, Kristen, um, with teaching here at Springs Valley, uh, what are different teaching strategies that y'all use um, for your students? Absolutely. So we are um, really all about the whole child approach to education. Um, and so what that looks like is both in the classroom and outside the classroom, um, really um, aiming to give our student a, um, the normalcy that they would find in any other school setting. So not just um, getting what they need in the classroom, um, but also having opportunities to engage in athletics, so team sports. So we have um, soccer, yeah. basketball, track, tennis, um, flag football. Those are all ones that we have offered um, to okay. date. And so we have athletics. We have other extracurriculars like theater arts. Um, so we put on a spring musical every year um, so students can um, exercise their artistic talents. Oh, that's awesome. And we have visual arts as well. Um, 
and um, we have kind club, we have Spanish club, we have chess club. I mean, there's something for everyone, um, including a fishing team. So oh, wow. we okay. have a lot of opportunities where students actually lead the activities. So we foster that sense oh, of leadership early on. Um, and we have a student, the student who actually started fishing club, him and his brother have both co-led it. Um, and um, the eldest graduated from Spring Valley, but um, put toward his own funds to buy the bass boat by selling eggs oh, on wow. his farm. Like he was completely um, and wholly dedicated to creating this opportunity for his peers um, and sharing that passion of his with with his community. And so oh. the families really carried that. So some really fun stories, um, really inspiring stories, I should say, come from, um, you know, how the whole child approach is really our number one priority and how our community grows those opportunities and builds upon them year to year um, for for everyone to enjoy and, and learn through, um, which brings me to kinesthetic learning. So the hands-on approach, so not just sitting in a desk taking notes or listening to a lecture or, um, you know, watching a PowerPoint or, you know, even conversations with their teachers, which is also very um, crucial, but also being hands-on through projects and in math, um, you know, taking it off paper and giving them some building blocks for addition, subtraction that they can okay. like tangibly take away and uh, add to blocks. Okay. Um, and like the number lines. So um, giving them some visual representation that you talked about earlier in this episode of how important that is. Um, and then also multisensory learning is something else that we really, um, like to incorporate throughout and across the curriculum. So for example, in um, teaching parts of speech, so a noun might be colored orange and a verb might be colored okay. red. And so that's how they color code their sentences. Um, I don't know if it's actually orange and red. Um, <laughs> but that's just an example. Um, so tying back in that visual piece as we were talking about earlier. So does that answer your question? Okay. Maybe does. some examples of teaching strategies, but also the whole child approach in terms of their experience here um, and showing that learning can be fun. And it's not just it in one fun. form. It's not yes. just doing your homework. It's also like, how can you contribute to the greater community? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's also the whole child approach. You're giving them skills like that they don't just use in the classroom. They use those in every single day life um, that they interact with. Mm -hmm. That is awesome. Yeah. So um, in terms of your vision, for for students who learn in remarkable ways um, where they can contribute to the field of STEM. Um, what is your, what's your overall vision for, or messaging even that we can take away from, from this conversation um, and moving forward and empowering those students to, to pursue that, that field? Uh, so one of the things my students hear me say a couple times throughout mm -hmm. the semester is um, in STEM, there is not one right way to solve a problem. Mm. There's multiple different ways you Absolutely. can solve a problem and everyone has their own strengths and they can yes. play on their own strengths to get to um, a correct answer to solve a situation a specific mm -hmm. way, um, which is one of the reasons that I, I love being in a STEM field so much. Right. Um, and just playing off of the fact that everyone is different and unique in their own way and the fact that STEM can incorporate all of that. Um, yes. And you, if you're different, that's great because that's what we need in order to solve today's problems mm -hmm. um, in the world, so. 
Absolutely. And that holds true for, for anyone listening um, and, and their unique learners um, or educators out there who are looking to empower their students. Like there are so many, not just STEM, but so many career fields that like your very avid and capable learners mm-hmm. are so capable of yeah. attaining and, you know, growing into. Um, so that's such key messaging that given the tools that you need, you can succeed beyond measure and learn without limits. That's it, yes. <laughs> um, fantastic. Well, thank you, Amanda, again, for joining me on the podcast today um, and sharing with myself and our listeners what it would be like to um, enter into a career field of STEM and the opportunities that it presents specifically for um, students with learning differences, such as dyslexia or dyscalculia or dysgraphia. The list goes on and on, but bottom line is they um, can all feel equally empowered to um, pursue the field of their choice, um, given the tools that they need. So thank you so much. And thank you to our listeners who continue to listen to the Spring Valley podcast, Learning Without Limits. We hope you'll stay tuned and um, look for future episodes. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Learning Without Limits podcast. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel to be the first to know about future episodes and follow Spring Valley School Alabama on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter. For more information on how you can join SVS in making possible bright futures for students with learning differences, please visit our website at springvalleyschool.org.